0: Hey guys, all right, here we are for our final week of the Better Together series clusters. Uh, If you're new to this, what we're doing is we're trying out a fun new idea where we create a series for the week. So for the next week, we're gonna focus on a specific topic or theme of the week. This week's theme is health, wellness, and nutrition, where some of the world's leading doctors and researchers share easy-to-apply tips and tricks that will help reduce bloating, improve gut health, alleviate cramps, and so much more. Be sure to let us know what you guys think. Share it with a friend who you think could benefit and enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. We know better, you get better. That is what we do here every single day. Our quote of the day... Thinking the way you've always thought and doing things you've always done will only lead to more of the same. You need to be disruptive. That is from our guest today, Dr. Mark Hyman, who wrote the book, The Pagan Diet. Our guest today is a 13-time New York Times bestselling author, and he's going to help us reclaim our health the right way. Um, I'm so excited I read this book. Uh, on the plane coming back to Los Angeles and it is amazing it's so enlightening I think he had a way where he really broke through to me and I think he's gonna break through to you guys um I know Kevin you felt like you were getting breakthroughs as well
1: yes um because he's like us he's I mean like if you when you you hear his story it's not someone coming from such a high and mighty place. Right. This is somebody who ate very poorly, did not take care of himself, right. was very stressed. I mean, just stuff like regular people eat. And then yeah. he, he just he kind of had this perfect storm of bad health and he fixed it.
0: So just a little bit of um, house cleaning for you guys. So um, as you know, we've been doing this show for a long time and... Um, we really need help monetizing it to keep the lights on, to keep going. So um, bear with us. We are going to be adding in some ads, but I do want to assure you that they are ads that have um, been put through the meter. We really like to work with partners who we believe in, who we like, who we would use, who we do use. And so um, when you start to hear these throughout the podcast, just know it's what's helping us to keep the lights on and the doors open. And um, if for some reason it's too much for you, you do have the option to head over at Patreon for as low as $5 a month, you can get ad-free shows. But a good reminder, if you invest in yourself for $10 a month, you can also get the extra episode a week and the healing workshops, which are game-changing. You have Exclusive access to people like Dr. Mark Hyman. Whoa, where you can ask him <laughs> questions and you can have an intimate experience with our Super Heal Squad. Um, we have an incredible group of um, of Patreon members, and it's becoming a family. So uh, join us over there. It's really, really amazing, and we're doing something really special there. So bear with us, and we're so grateful for all of you. Um, our Heal Squad is so important to us, and um, we're grateful you guys are on this journey with us. So today. Our journey is going to take us down a physically healthier place, but also the physical, right? The mind, the mind gut, you know, connection is so important um, because this is affects anxiety. It affects depression. It affects so many things. And so I think um, I think it's going to be completely holistic, in terms of how much it will help you today before we get to that it's time for our dunkin break and i'm coming to you with my little dunkin mug today we're talking about um, the benefits of green tea so um, a refreshing ice cream tea of course we have our bagel minis kelsey i think is enjoying those right kelsey
2: kelsey not enjoying them only because she can't
1: but, Eat a bagel. Uh, don't but, worry. Kevin wiped wait, them out. Kevin wiped them out. I'm enjoying them. I, said, I enjoying someone them. had them. I had them. Kevin wiped past them out. Tense.
0: Kevin,
1: <laughs> I couldn't you're wait. You're supposed to
0: wait. I'm sorry. They're awesome. They're they just when so they, guys, good. When they come out of the oven. Oh, it's criminal. Like little pillows yes. in your mouth. Oh. It's like it's like you take the bite and you get the little squeeze of cream cheese. Mm, so good. Anyway, um, tea is not only gentle on your stomach. It's packed with great antioxidants. And I'll tell you. Whether your tea is hot or iced, obviously it's a lovely lighter option that still gives you some pep in your day. But if you recall, um, Dr. Christy Funk, top breast cancer surgeon uh, in the country has been on the show many times, and she has spoken about the benefits of green tea extensively with us. And I'll tell you that she talks about three cups of green tea a day um cuts your chances of getting breast cancer in half three cups of green tea a day um and it lowers your chance of recurrence by up to 57 percent. if you have not listened to that episode with dr christy funk kelsey you guys will give them the episode number in the summary of this um show we'll link it so in. that they can easily find it um dr funk talks about the benefits of soy milk and how the isoflavones bind to the receptors and, and are also really good for cancer where, you know, normally everyone says soy is bad. And I was the one who was telling people to get off of soy too. But the one thing that stuck out from the Dr. Oz episode we had recently that I really love. And even in this, um, in this book, Dr. Mark Hyman and Dr. Gundry, I think talk about it too, is that medicine's changing constantly right? We're continuously researching. So a lot of us get so frustrated with like, oh, broccoli's good one day and bad the next. So then screw it. I'm just going to eat Kit Kat bars. But I think if we now adapt to the concept of medicines constantly changing, we won't be as frustrated. We're just going to be like, oh, okay, cool. So now they've done more research and they've learned more. So just know, um, you know, that and green tea is amazing. So if you're looking for a lighter option, green tea at Duncan is delicious. Um, I actually decided sometimes, you know, Kev, when I really need help, I add a second coffee in my day. Just mm. sometimes I'm going to switch over to my green tea. I have not been religious mm. about having green tea in the amounts that I need to. So I'm going to don't forget the stuffed bagel minis. America runs on Duncan, so does better together. We love donkeys. And um, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, bitches. Okay, well, listen, let's get to our chat with Dr. Mark Hyman. Dr. Mark Hyman believes that we all have the potential to create a life of vitality for ourselves dedicated to tackling the root causes of chronic disease in order to transform healthcare. Dr. Hyman works tirelessly to teach the world how to heal their bodies and their minds. A 13-time number one New York Times bestselling author, his work is world-renowned. He believes food is the number one tool for vibrant health. It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. 76-year-old dad who's a type 1 diabetic of 50 plus years with no ill effects of the disease is proof of that. One of the leading voices and pioneers for functional medicine, Dr. Hyman's beliefs and work could very well help to transform healthcare as we know it and create a 21st century model for medicine, better together, and the Heal Squad, welcome you, Dr. Mark Hyman.
3: Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. Thanks for being with us all the way from Maui. I'm so jelly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice. I can't, I can't deny it.
0: <laughs> so... The pagan diet, I know, kind pagan. of started pagan off. Di- P- pagan, pagan diet, pagan. yes. Pagan. Oh, yeah. Pagan would sound really bad, actually. No,
3: it's not. It's <laughs> kind of a joke between paleo and vegan, you know, because of yeah. all the diet wars and conflicts. And the fact is that you know they have far more in common with each other than the traditional American diet. And and uh, we need to focus on the things we agree on, as opposed to what we don't agree on. And and actually, that'll solve most of our problems.
0: Yeah. Well. I think um, first, let's explain what a Pegan diet is to everyone. Um, it seems pretty simple. And I'll tell you, I was reading the book on my flight back to Los Angeles the other day. Mm-hmm. And it just, it pierced right through. Like it connected with me in such a way that I don't feel like I've had before. And I'm really excited for mm-hmm. our audience. To have the same kind of experience and so um, explain to everyone what this is and what makes it different i guess from the others
3: well you know most of us are pretty confused about what to eat one week we're hearing we should be paleo the next week vegan's going to save your health and the planet maybe you should be doing keto or low fat or low carb or high carb or raw or who knows what and everybody is just so confused and all f- the diet wars are worse than often the political wars. You know, you've got red and blue, but I mean, by, by the time you look into the nutritional conflicts, it just, it's overwhelming for people. And they give up and they go, I'm just gonna eat whatever.
0: Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you.
3: And the truth is that the science is pretty clear about what to eat and what not to eat. And around the margins there's some questions. But when you for, for example, when you look at paleo and vegan, they're actually identical, <laughs> except for one thing, which is where to get your protein, animals or I've had uh, gra- grains and beans. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was basically sitting on a panel with a couple of friends of mine. One was a paleo doc, one was a vegan cardiologist. They were fighting like cats and dogs. And I was like, hey, if you're paleo and you're vegan, I must be pegan. Everybody laughed. I thought, oh, that's a good joke. And then I, and then I went home on the plane. I started thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. They're identical. Like, they both believe we should be eating whole foods. They both agree that we should be eating lots of fruits and vegetables, I call plant-forward or plant-rich diet. They both agree With nuts and seeds are great, and that we should be eating lots of good fats, avocados, olive oil, and others, and that we should not be eating processed food, that we should not be eating a lot of starch and sugar, that we shouldn't be eating all kinds of additives, the five pounds of additives that the average American eats every single year, or the GMO foods, or the hormones, or the antibiotics, or the pesticides. I mean, Nobody, nobody in their right mind would say, well, we should be eating more pesticides with our vegetables, mm-hmm. right? So there's a general agreement, even they both agree, that dairy is not the best food for humans. The only difference is where to get protein. And so I begin to think, well, you know, maybe we need to sort of break through all this diet confusion. That's why the book is called The, the Pegan Diet, 21 Practical Principles for Reclaiming Your Health in a Nutritionally Confusing World. And it's really about the common sense of what we should be doing combined with the latest science of what we need to eat to upgrade our biology. And it's focused on really a simple principle, which is that food is medicine, that it's not just calories, and that it's information. And with every bite, you upgrade or downgrade your biology and your health. You can either create disease or create health by what you eat in a very real practical way. And I go through in the book how how the, the most important thing to focus on is quality. So whatever you're eating you know, whether, whatever you're choosing to eat within the range of choices. And, you know, some people may tolerate dairy, others may not. Other people may tolerate grains, other people may not. And You have to find out what's right for you because it's also about personalized medicine. But within that, you know, the focus is on quality. I mean, is a feedlot cow the same as a wild elk or a kangaroo meat or even a grass-finished cow? No. Is a wild blueberry the same as a carbohydrate, as the same as, as uh, soda? No, it's both carbohydrates. So the question is what... Should you be eating to upgrade your about bi- upgrade your biology? And that's really the, the key principle is that food is medicine and then it's personalized because we're all different.
0: Yeah. So. Um, the individualizing of it is complicated, right?
3: Mm. To some degree, but not really. I mean, do it every day. I mean, I always joke and I say the best doctor in the room is your own body. Listen to it. You know, if you if you become vegan and you get bloated and you feel terrible and weak and tired and you know, you lose your sex drive and your period, and your hair starts falling out. And you know, yeah, probably not the best diet for you, right? But <laughs> if you're if you're eating a diet that's, for example, uh, more based on, on protein and vegetables, and you feel like you lose weight and you feel good, and your energy's good, that's probably better for you. So it's really about listening to your own body. And within that, there's a lot to be done around understanding your. Medical history, your family history, your uh, your biology. You just do some regular blood tests, and I talk in one of the practical principles is leveraging personalized nutrition for optimal health, and that mm-hmm. involves you know some more sophisticated stuff if you want, uh, including testing for food sensitivities, testing for your your um, gut microbiome, looking at what's going on with your nutritional levels, looking at your your metabolic profile, your lipids and blood sugar and insulin. So we can really tell a lot from really simple information that we can gather about what we should be doing uh and so i always say we don't want people's ideology to trample over their biology right if if you're if you have an idea oh i should be vegan but your body is yelling no you should listen to your body and i think that's what often people get stuck in an ideology and they think they should do this or should do that and then their health deteriorates and they don't know why because it's supposed to be good for you but it might not be good for you it might be good for somebody else
0: Yeah. I know, for example, I had quit meat years ago and I'm pretty disciplined when I quit something, I quit something and I got so exhausted and my anemic levels, like just were off the charts. And so I was like, well, I guess I should introduce some red meat back into my life. And then I did and got better. And then I cut cut it again and then had the same result. And I was like, okay, I guess this is like, for sure. Like I can't cut red meat out. So I kept poultry out yeah. Um and and all of that. And you know what's interesting is I cut chicken and my I had a thyroid nodule and we were keeping an eye on it. And out of nowhere when I got my um ultrasound, they're like, Well it's significantly shrunk. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, maybe it was the chicken <laughs> I mean there's so many hormones in all the meat that yeah. we eat, That's so right. you would think That's that right. perhaps that was why. But yeah. I feel like I feel like we all are so um, diet crazy and everyone's like, let's do keto, let's do paleo, let's do all these things. And what I find with the pig diet is it really is just eat healthy and get good sourced food.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> like, really, it's really, all, yeah, it's really about, you know, what are the foundational principles of good nutrition and it's inclusive. It's not exclusive. It's not dogmatic. It's flexible. It's, adaptable to many dietary preferences, cultural preferences, taste preferences. And it's really about understanding how do you guide your nutrition decisions. And and if you pick up anything to eat, you should be asking yourself one simple question. Is this going to hurt me or or heal me? Is this going to help me or harm me? And and is this medicine that's going to be good medicine or toxic medicine, right? If you pick up a Twinkie, that's toxic medicine. If you pick up an avocado, that's good medicine. It's not that hard to to think about. And I, I often joke and i say that uh you know uh, as i speak a lot in churches i say it's really easy to figure out what to eat ask yourself a simple question did god make this or did man make this right did god make an avocado yeah did he make a twinkie no pretty easy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well in your life do you have your moments
3: i i have i have a lot of um you know Flexibility in my diet and I, I'm not dogmatic about it, but I, I have, you know, one rule, which is I don't eat things that aren't food, right? I don't eat food like substances that is most of the American diet. Sixty percent of so our things diet. Things
0: that are in bags um, sort of are in boxes.
3: Yeah, I mean most of our diet comes from three ingredients, right? Soy turned into refined soybean oil, high fructose corn syrup from corn, and refined white flour, which is uh, a, a not what we used to be eating as wheat it's a very different form of wheat that's got much more gluten in it it has much more starch in it it has preservative uh, preservatives that cause neurologic issues like calcium and even the spray with glyphosate which is a weed killer that kills your microbiome and causes cancer so like those are made into all size shapes colors forms of chemically extruded food-like substances that that really should not be part of our diet so will i eat skittles no will i eat uh, actually a nice chocolate bar that's made from real ingredients like hue chocolate? Yeah. You know, will I have, you know, uh, you know, uh, Twizzlers? No. But will, you know, I eat a piece of real licorice? Sure. You know, like, so I think it's really about what you're eating and is it a real food? Is it something mm-hmm. that's been, you know, made by nature or God or is it something that was designed in a laboratory as a science project? Because, because yeah. if you if you're, if you understand the biology and this is, and I go through this in the book, If you understand the biology of how food works in your body, it literally controls every biological system. It controls your microbiome, your immune system, your your energy system, your mitochondria, which is how you make energy, your detox system, your hormones, your brain chemistry, even what you're made of structurally. So you you literally are communicating with every bite messages to every system in your body. And if you are putting in garbage code basically into your body, you're going to get a lot of bugs in your system otherwise known as disease uh and it's so powerful it doesn't and it doesn't take a long time you know right now we're in a horrible time of covid and people are worried about their immune systems and they're just thinking well i'm just going to be at home and eat you know junk because it make me feel better and i'm having comfort foods and people are gaining the quarantine 15 or the covid 19 you know pounds and and that's the worst possible thing we could do because we know that you're three times more likely to end up the icu and die if you're obese uh little bit your weight goes up your risk of covid gets worse and your risk of getting really sick and dying gets worse and it has to do with our poor metabolic health which can take years to develop but it turns out that within weeks you can reverse your metabolic poor health you may not lose all the weight but just by changing the food that goes in you change your biology now here's here's a perfect example with gastric bypass they literally see people with 400 pounds with diabetes that goes away in two weeks or a week wow right But then they they said, oh, maybe it's the hormone changes and we staple the stomach and we do all these things. And then they actually did a study where they looked at people who had gastric bypass and they went on the gastric bypass diet. People who were also obese and matched the same way, but who didn't have a gastric bypass, they just went on the gastric bypass diet. Basically the same diet they'd give people. There was no difference. Both of them reversed diabetes in two weeks. Both of them got extremely metabolically healthy very quickly. So... Right now, dur- during COVID, it's more important than ever to upregulate your immune system by upgrading your diet.
0: Well, and also, I think a lot of people would think, oh, well, I'm taking my vitamin C, I'm taking my vitamin D, I'm taking the things that they say is good to prevent COVID. But if you're eating Doritos and pizza every night,
3: yeah. you know, I mean, that's probably listen, not going to su- work. No, sugar and starch, which is, again, 60% of our diet, it, are immune suppressants. So if, if you're eating that stuff, your immune system can't function well. If you're obese, you're more likely to get sick. You're more likely to end up in the hospital. You're more likely to die. You're more likely to transmit the virus longer. I mean, you're less likely to respond to vaccines even. If you're getting a vaccine, it, your immune system can't function as well to re- respond to the vaccine as well. So it's a really serious time for us to double down on our health. And this is really part of why I wrote The Pegan Diet. Now is just try to get people to understand that it's not that hard to reclaim their health. It's not that hard to reset their diet and follow simple principles about how to eat and what to eat that aren't extreme, that aren't, you know, ex- onerous and difficult. And that within that, there's a wide variety of ways to eat that are healthful. But if you follow simple principles of eating real food, getting rid of the junk, understanding that food is medicine and listening to your body, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it works pretty good for most people.
0: I always think that if we looked at ourselves, like our body is our vehicle, it's our vessel, but if we looked at our bodies like we do our cars, right? When our car makes noises, we take it to the mechanic. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when our bodies make noises, we're like, shush, I'm busy. I don't have time to go to the doctor. And right. also, our car needs gas to go and to work mm-hmm. for all the systems to work. Well, if you start to pour something other than gas in the car, it's probably not going to work. Exactly. So. If you think of your body like that, we're putting all these foreign substances in because it's become acceptable in the world to say, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, eating junk food because I love junk food. And, you know, that's just me. But your body is not set up to handle that. So listen, I love I love having I had pizza two days ago. It was the most glorious moment of my life in a long time. I had the best pizza in the world, but I'm not eating it every day. it's once in a while so that i know i can have those moments but for the most part i eat pretty healthy um let's just let's just take
3: pizza let's just take pizza for example like and break it down because i think you know you can get pizza that's made with this flour this really problematic that i just described that's made from traditional wheat you can get cheese that's made from feedlot cows that are pumped full of hormones and antibiotics that have been hybridized to create a very inflammatory form of protein called a- a- A1 casein, which is very harmful for your gut and can cause cancer. Uh, you may be eating, you know, uh, what you think tastes good, like a pizza, but maybe there's another alternative. Maybe you can make the pizza out of uh, more heirloom wheat, or spelt, or other grains that are are actually uh, not so problematic or maybe you want to make cauliflower pizza or maybe you want to use goat or sheep cheese which have a2 casein so you can upgrade the ingredients of whatever you're eating
0: mm-hmm.
3: which will have profoundly different effects even though it's pizza it may be quite different or even yeah. if you get an a2 cow which which are available so you can get an a2 cow you can get a different strain of wheat you can use you know for example different fermenting processes that allow like, for example, sourdough that breaks down some of the problematic things in wheat, for example. See, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuances to how you can actually upgrade each meal so you don't have to deprive yourself. So, for example, in the vegan diet, I have brownies, I have pancakes, right? You can get brownies and pancakes, but what brownies and what pancakes? So are you going to have, you know, white flour pancakes made with, you know, factory-farmed eggs and, you know, factory farm milk in the mix and, and refined soybean oil? Or are you going to make my chai buckwheat pancakes with almond flour and I use this special buckwheat from the Himalayas. It has 132 phytochemicals that rejuvenate your immune system. It has all the chai spices like cloves and nutmeg and cinnamon and ginger which have powerful medicinal properties. I use pasture-raised eggs which are full of uh, the the colorful antioxidants you see the yellow dark yellow color as well as a lot of vitamins so there's all sorts of ways to upgrade your diet and still mm-hmm. enjoy delicious food so those are very different pancakes than you'd get at ihop right yeah yeah <laughs> i like
0: that idea of upgrading and i also like the idea of um of the replacements before we get to the phyto and the phytochemicals, i want to talk about that i want to ask You know in the supermarket now you're going in and you're seeing all these alternatives right they're still packaged and when you look at the ingredients on the back it's like you know non-dairy cheeses and all these things are those just as bad
3: yeah it depends on what right so i mean obviously not all packaged food is bad It, it depends on the ingredients and people often look at the nutrition facts but they don't read the fine print on the ingredient list so if you read anything on the ingredient list, it's not food, right? It's probably not good for you. If there's ingredients there you wouldn't have in your cupboard, like butylated hydroxy toluene or maltodextrin or carrageenan, you probably shouldn't be eating it, right? If it says, you know, tomatoes, water and salt, or sardines, olive oil and salt, like you know what's in the can or what's in the jar, right? And I think, I think it's an important distinction. So you have to become a very smart uh, ingredient list reader. But for for most of us, you know, we we don't want to be eating uh, those those weird non food ingredients because they're so harmful to us, and we we can swap them out for better things. And like I the think, Beyond
0: uh, Meat burgers, all of those. Yeah,
3: so let's just let's just take Impossible Burger for example. So that sounds great, right? This is oh wow, we're gonna plant based burger. Or it bleeds like a regular burger. It's juicy. It tastes good. Uh, you know, as Burger King has it, that should be your first warning sign. <laughs> you know. And, the, and the, the sales job is great, and there's billions of dollars invested, and everybody thinks it's going to save the planet because we're going to get rid of, you know, factory farming animals. But when you you know drill down into it, it has 47 novel proteins. It has a GMO um, soy that's used, which is sprayed with glyphosate that destroys the soil, contributes to climate change, and uses, you know, uh, more um, resources than regenerative raised beef. So if you have a regeneratively raised beef burger versus a Impossible Burger, you're actually um, adding three and a half kilos of carbon with the Impossible Burger, and you're removing three and a half kilos of carbon with a regeneratively raised beef burger. Not to mention that the the, the Impossible Burger also is full of. Uh, it's made basically it's a factory made science project, right? And it's also mm-hmm. full of glyphosate because they spray the they spray the soybeans with this Roundup weed killer, and we know that glyphosate's been linked to cancer, and it also is, a, is an antibiotic in a sense. It kills your own microbiome. And an animal studies, they found there's 110 times as much glyphosate in an Impossible Burger as is required to destroy your microbiome. <laughs> so is it a great food? I would, no, I would never eat it. I mean, I would, I would, I've tried it once because I, I I, before I kind of looked into it, and someone said, oh, try this, it's great. And I, I was like, hmm, I don't know. So I, I think, you know, Wow. And, 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 yeah, and I think the idea that all meat is bad, you know, is another topic we can get into, but it really depends on Yeah, I would like that. Because I want
0: you to explain regenerative, regenerative regenerative. Oh my God, I can't see the word. Regenerative. Regenerative. <laughs> regenerative. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I also saw in the book that you mentioned sources, which is really helpful for people because mm-hmm. trying to figure out where to get the right meat is so stressful. We had Thrive Market as a, a supporter of the show for a while. Yeah. And I loved going to Thrive Market, and I still do because I know they're sourcing everything properly, so I don't have to do the thinking. They do it for me.
3: That's right. Yeah, so meat meat's a complicated thing because we've been trained one in the 70s and meat had saturated fat. It was bad for us. So we all stopped eating meat. And then now we're hearing that it's bad for the planet and the factory farming of animals is horrible for the animals and the meat that it produces is unhealthy and all that's true. So factory farming of animals should be banned. It's bad for the animals, bad for the humans, bad for the planet. No argument there. That doesn't mean that all meat is bad, right? And it's uh, as sort of a uh, Russ Konzer, who's a regenerative farmer, said it's not the cow, it's the how, right? So if Mm -hmm. if you're eating a feedlot cow that's uh, grown in a way that that actually drives uh, more inflammatory molecules in the fat, for example, through... The, the refined oils that it gets from soybean oil and, and, the, and corn and all the food that they're eating, from the hormones and antibiotics that are pumped into them, from all the junk that they eat, they, they serve them candies, Skittles, ground up animal feces, I mean all kinds of stuff. What does that do if you are what you eat?
0: remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days dot com and enter the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T H E O U A I dot com. Promo code Heal Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it.
3: what is that becoming? That's very different, which which and that me basically causes inflammation and can and contribute to disease. And I think we shouldn't be eating it. On the other hand, if you eat, for example, a grass-finished cows feeding on hundreds of different plants that's uh basically absorbing the phytochemicals from those plants it's having higher levels of omega-3 fats higher levels of nutrients higher levels of antioxidants and has now we've discovered these phytochemicals that are from eating all these different plants that have medicinal properties very different effect on your biology and they've done the studies on this i mean if you look for example at, at one study where they looked at kangaroo meat versus in australia versus feedlot meat same amount of meat ounce per ounce profoundly different effects on biology. The feedlot meat raised inflammation in the body. The kangaroo meat lowered inflammation in the body. So meat is not meat is not meat. Right? And I think people have to understand the nuances around it. A lot of the studies we have that show meat's harmful, one, they were done in a time when people who, who were told not to eat meat because it's bad for your health. So those who ate meat didn't care about their health. And you look at their... Characteristics, yeah, they weighed more. They ate 800 calories more a day. They ate more sugar, processed food, less fruits and vegetables. They didn't take their vitamins. They didn't exercise. They smoked more. They drank more. Of course, they had more disease. You know, when you look at uh, other studies that look at vegetarians or meat eaters who shopped at health food stores, they're they both were benefited. So the death rate reduced in half for both of them. And it wasn't. It's not the meat. It's what you eat the meat with. If you're eating. <laughs> You know, a McDonald's hamburger and French fries and soda as your meat, that's different than having a small piece of grass-finished meat with, you know, three-quarters of your plate as vegetables, right? <laughs> Full of phytochemicals and fiber. I mean, even what you cook your meat with or how you cook it matters. If you grill it at high temperatures, it produces dangerous compounds. If you marinate it, for example, and you have some type of acidic marinades like vinegar, it actually changes... Uh, the effect on the grilling, so it, it produces less of these chemicals. Or if you cook it slowly with lots of spices, it's powerful. I mean, you you actually see that in Morocco, they cook they cook uh, the meat with tremendous amounts of spices, and they don't they don't have the same rates of disease or cancer as we do. The Maasai, you know, they add I think twelve different spices to their milk and like twenty eight spices to their meat, and all those spices have beneficial effects in changing any properties that might be harmful. So it's really it gets nuanced about what you can do with, with understanding the quality of what you're eating. And that's really the, the main take home here.
0: Yeah. What about like a lot of the stuff I was learning in there was there were a lot of like, make sure you get this for this part of your health, whether it was like autoimmune diseases or cardiac or whatever. There's so many, like, we don't look at food in terms of, you know, let me get as many nutrients as I can in, right? Like we're all creatures of habit. We eat the same things every day. Um, I've done enough of these interviews where, you know, if my dad makes asparagus, we've been living in Connecticut together when my mom's got cancer and we're all taking care of her. So like one night he made asparagus and I'm like, I don't really like asparagus, but I want to eat it to get those nutrients, to get the variety in. Talk to everybody about, how important it is to have a colorful diet. You talk about the rainbow.
3: So this is really important for people to understand that, you know, we know, we know what's in food, right? We know protein, fat, carbs, vitamins and minerals, fiber. Okay. That's all fine. And yet it turns out that there's 25,000 compounds in plant foods called phytochemicals. And now we're finding them even in animal foods who eat a lot of plants. And these phytochemicals are the unsung heroes of health. They, they actually train our biology to work better, to optimize our immune system, optimize our microbiome, optimize our ability to produce energy, detoxify, balance our hormones, and they're neglected. And people don't think these are essential because they're, well, whatever. You don't really need them. But they are essential if you want to be healthy. The, you know, the, the, the consequence may not be an acute deficiency disease like scurvy. It might be that you get heart attacks or cancer or diabetes or Alzheimer's later in life or arthritis, or autoimmune diseases, or whatever you're getting, because you're not including these compounds. And there's 25,000 of these compounds, and the Rockefeller Foundation is creating a periodic table where they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars to assess these phytochemicals and their properties. And they have profound effects. Uh, I'll just give you a couple of examples. So, you know, when I think about going shopping, I think literally about going to the pharmacy, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, which is (laughs) the title of my... Podcast The Doctor's Pharmacy because when I go to the grocery store, I'm looking for drugs. I'm going to the broccoli that. because because the broccoli has glucosinolates that I know upregulate my glutathione and detoxification. So if I'm exposed to environmental chemicals, it helps my body handle it. Or I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm going to get some of those cranberries and pomegranate and green tea because I know those are special polyphenols in there that that actually fertilize bacteria in my gut that prevents leaky gut, helps my immune system, and actually helps me prevent cancer and heart disease and autoimmune disease. Or I'm going to eat um, maybe... These these uh, the Himalayan tartary buckwheat, which is uh, the buckwheat I was telling you about, which is sort of an ancient grain that has 132 phytochemicals like quercetin aspirin, and others that are powerful immune regulators. So they will literally kill the zombie cells, which are mute, like mutant white blood cells in our blood that cause us to age. It literally go and attack them like Pac-Man and kill them. So I know I'm going to get have pancakes with this buckwheat flour that's going to upregulate my immune system. Or may, maybe I'm going to eat foods that are rich, for example, in lignans, like flax seeds that are phytochemicals, or, or for example, whole kernel rye bread that actually helps to reduce insulin resistance and helps balance my hormones and might help detoxify uh, sex hormones. So it's really quite, it's quite sophisticated when you understand how to use these ingredients in food as medicines. And the simplest way to do it is you don't have to understand all that science. You have to pick a lot of colors and variety. You know, we used to eat 800 species of plants. Now, 60% of our diet is three crops, wheat, corn, and soy, and and 90% is 12 crops. So we need to expand the variety and eat weird food and eat different colors and, and eat the rainbow.
0: I love that. I love thinking about going to the supermarket. I just wrote a note as like how to make your supermarket your pharmacy run. I think that should be the title of this show um, because Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. And I feel like we forget that that notion that we grew up with, you are what you eat from your head down to your feet. I always remember that. And I, I've watched my dad, he's a type one diabetic his whole life. And he's 76. And he can outwork outrun outdo anybody in their 20s. He's yeah, a beast because all he eats is fruits and vegetables. Yeah, and very little right. meat.
3: That's so, right. And probably very low starch and sugar.
0: Yeah, I mean, we introduced some starch into his diet because he used to plummet his sugar levels because he did so much manual labor he couldn't, you know, keep it up. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I think that it's really important for us to think about it like that. And when I look at your book, I marked so many pages in here of things that we should be thinking of to help different you know, ailments, whether it was even like anxiety and depression. Talk about what you should be eating. If you have anxiety and depression, how do we make our, our pharmacy there?
3: Well, you know, Maria, most of us don't really connect the dots between our food and our mood, but it is a single biggest driver. Uh, and I'll just say a quick story and then I'll explain how, you know, I was, a uh, working on a big church project called the Daniel Plan where we, got, we created a faith-based wellness program. We had 15,000 people go through and they lost a quarter million pounds in a year. And at the six week sort of reunion after we started we, we had people come back and share their stories. And this woman came up to me and she said Dr. Hyman, I just have to tell you, I, you know, I, I've been depressed all my life. I've been in and out of psychiatric hospitals for years. My marriage is falling apart. I'm about to get fired from my job. I, I was on a whole bucket full of antidepressant and psychiatric medications and nothing's helped me. But you know, when I changed my diet and I followed what you're talking about, which is essentially are the Pegan diet principles, she said my depression went away in three days. She said, "Is that possible?" And I said, "Yeah, it's definitely possible <laughs> if it's something you're eating." And I, 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 for years, I would treat people's physical ailments, right, using functional medicine. And then their psychiatric problems would go away. And I'd go, well, what's happening here? And I, I jokingly call myself the accidental psychiatrist because their panic <laughs> attack would go away or their depression would go away or their bipolar disease would go away or their ADD or even autism would improve because the brain is connected to everything else. So most brain disorders are inflammatory diseases. And we're eating a diet that is so inflammatory that causes brain inflammation and your brain doesn't have a way to go ouch if it's inflamed, right? It, but it, it changes your behavior or your mood or your thinking, right? And so we we basically take out the stuff that's harmful, often gluten, often uh, uh, obviously all the processed foods. I mean, I, I, you know, sugar is one of the worst depressants out there, obviously alcohol and many other things that can be harmful. And then we add in all the things that, that help the brain, uh, and function better. For example, the omega-3 fats and, uh, and lots of nuts and seeds would have tryptophan berries with, with antioxidant and prostitutins. And so we, we really just upgrade your diet. And this isn't just a theory. Uh, there are large clinical trials that have been done looking at this one. is called the smiles trials where they took, you know, a large group of people and half of them got healthy food and half of them just ate their traditional crappy diet. And they were all depressed. you know, had results that outperformed out any medication for depression <laughs> in terms of their, their mood. Or you look at, for example, even worse studies of behavior, um, you know, violence and, 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 and prisoners. And you see in prisons, violent crime goes down by 56% when you feed people healthy food. And, and, and when you add a multivitamin, it goes down by 80%. In juvenile delinquent centers, they swapped out junk food. And healthy food for you know uh for junk food i mean they, they gave him healthy food instead of junk food and no, there was a 91% reduction in in violent behavior aggression lashing out then 75% reduction in restraints and get this 100% reduction in suicides now this is the third leading wow. cause of death in this age group and to have something that causes a 100% reduction in suicides when this is a massive problem in teenagers should be headline news you don't hear about it. If there was a drug, it would be a multi-billion dollar blockbuster overnight. Take this yeah. drug, 100% reduction in suicides. But food is that powerful. And people don't understand how powerful food is. They think, oh, you know, maybe it doesn't work, but it's, it also depends on the, on the medicine and the dose, right? If you say, well, you know, if you're drinking 12 Cokes a day and you drink six, you're not gonna, <laughs> you know, it's not going to help much, right? But yeah. if you make dramatic changes in your diet, you can see dramatic effects. If I say, well, you have a headache, I'm going to give you a milligram of aspirin. Is that going to work? No, you need the right medicine and the right dose. So you need the right, you need, and and doctors don't know how to apply food as medicine. So they say, well, eat less and exercise more, or, you know, try to eat more fruits and vegetables, don't have so much sugar. That's not helpful advice because it, it doesn't give people a plan or an idea or the specifics. And that's really why I wrote The Pegan Diet, which is a guidebook, really. It's a sort of a very easy, quick, to read book that gives you all the news you need to use to identify what you should eat in each category of food and also how to eat for longevity and eat for your mood and eat for your gut and you know, how to feed your kids and how to eat on a budget and a lot, a lot of practical things. Even eat like a vegetarian, how to eat that's good for you and the planet. So and sort of distills all the science we know about nutrition, combines it with common sense and emerging ideas about how we create health and functional medicine and give people a roadmap. Uh, and i think that's so that's people don't understand that there is there is such a, there is such a deep amount of science and most of it's just being ignored because doctors know nothing about it we're not trained about it in medical school we don't why? understand the li- why i think it's an, just a historical artifact you know we we thought that you know diseases were caused by some thin things like entities like infections so it doesn't matter what you eat and and that things don't really aren't really that connected to food. If you go to the doctor and you say, "Well, is my autoimmune disease connected to food? Is my, you know, is my digestive issues connected to food? Is my Alzheimer's or heart disease?" They well maybe you know don't eat too much saturated fat, or you know don't eat too many calories, or you know, if you're overweight, if you're diabetic, oh, don't eat so much sugar. There's some there's some understanding, but there's like there's definitely not an approach which says, "Okay, well, you have diabetes, I'm going to reverse your diabetes. We manage your diabetes." Yeah. You know, for some patients who've gotten way down the road of type two diabetes and are very, very overweight, they may need more extreme intervention. Right. It's always like the dose. Right. If you have if you have like a, you know, a little a little sprained ankle, you can you know, take an Advil. But if you break your hip, you probably need a narcotic. Right. Yeah. So so sometimes you need like if for type two diabetics, they're using ketogenic diets and reversing 60%, 60% of diabetes. Like these are people who had advanced diabetes on insulin, 100% get off the most of the medication, over 90% either get off or reduce their insulin. And their weight loss is dramatic. And, and they, because they're using the, the right medicine and the right dose, right? And mm-hmm. that's what, when you understand how to use food as medicine, not everybody needs the same thing.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like also it's probably, I mean, my layman's opinion is It's a combination of doctors not having enough time and then also, you know, the faith factor in the patient to actually do the hard work, right? Our discipline levels are really challenging when it comes to consumption because we're being advertised to constantly like, oh, have this candy bar. It's going to make you feel so much happier. And so I feel like sometimes it's easier
3: it's like those Coke commercials where like everybody's happy, right? Happy, 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 right? It's like, oh yeah,
0: God. it's easier to yeah. manage because, you know, like I remember when my mom was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the, the team came to check on her. It wasn't her neurologist. It was like a, another team. And I said, hey, I've been researching this ketogenic diet. This was five years ago. And yeah, right. um, and they kind of like, they said, you know, we watch patients, families, torture them all the time. Just let her eat what she wants. And I instantly thought to myself, oh my God, you think she's just going to die and I should just let her eat what she wants. Mm -hmm. And so when I consulted Dr. Black at Cedars, he was like, you know what? There isn't enough research yet, but I see I'm looking at it too. And I think it's interesting. He's like, go for it. And so I modified it because I didn't believe that that much consumption of like fats and dairy was healthy either. So I modified Mm it. My mom's still here over four and a half years
3: later. Well and, ketogenic diets have been shown to be effective for brain cancer and for Well yeah and now and for autism and for Alzheimer's and for many many issues related to the brain.
0: Yeah, well her oncologist I think it was about a year ago said that he has been watching a patient shrink his own brain tumor glioblastoma with just a keto diet. That's
3: right. That's right. That's great. And if like, the doctor is open to it, that's great. And if they pay attention to what their patients are telling them, that's great. But most doctors like, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind's made up. Diet doesn't work. You're going to go ahead and try it, but it doesn't really matter. You've got a terminal cancer. And it turns yeah. out that many people are saving themselves by actually using food as medicine.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I believe in this so much. I've seen it in my own family. And I wonder, you know, even when you were talking about the the mind and the gut, obviously we know about the vagus nerve. We were just on the, we just had Dr. Oz on the show. We were talking about the vagus nerve as well. But, you know, when you're, even like for me, I have a benign tumor, I have a meningioma um, and I cut sugar out in October, partly because of my A1C levels kind of peaking a little bit and and not wanting to have to deal with it officially. Um, but also wondering if it will shrink what's left in there after surgery. Do you feel like sugar feeds, A, cancer, and B, even benign tumors?
3: Yes, I think it feeds cancer. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's no doubt that sugar feeds cancer. In fact, the test they do to determine whether you've got cancer or not is they, they starve you of sugar or carbohydrates for a few days, and they give you a radioactive dose of sugar. And the sugar like a laser beam goes right to the cancer cells because the cancers love sugar. And that's the gadolinium,
0: to, right? What they shoot you yeah. up with in the MRI.
3: Well, it's a no, it's a PET scan. It's a different, it's a different oh, okay. scan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's just stunning that 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 we know the data on this. We know that for example, the majority of the big cancers colon cancer, breast cancer, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer, these are all linked to insulin resistance and obesity and diabetes and and, and they are fueled by sugar. It's, it, you know, the cancer cells can't run on fat. And so there's a lot of data now being done, uh, studies being done on ketogenic diets for cancer, uh, both in terms of accelerating, improving response to chemo and radiation and reducing side effects, which is great, but also improving outcomes. Um, and Siddhartha Mukherjee, who wrote The Emperor of All Maladies, one of the top cancer doctors in the world, uh, you know, was chatting with me recently, and he said, Mark, you know, really the, the key to... To addressing cancer, you know, we've discovered one of the biggest drivers of like sugar, right? And he's like, How did you know? I'm like, Yeah, well I've been studying this <laughs> for like We've 30 known. Years.
0: <laughs> we've he, known you just wouldn't admit it, none of you. Well, but
3: but now they're doing rigorous clinical trials and they're seeing, for example, in animal studies, complete reversal of stage four melanoma, stage four pancreatic cancer, things that just don't get cured. And and now they're doing clinical trials in humans. And it's it's fascinating to see that you know we can change our biology by what we eat and if we use food as medicine there's no more powerful drug on the planet
0: wow yeah i i've like i said i did it with my mom i've watched her and then when she started cheating i started coaxing her with gifts i'm like if you quit sugar mom we will take you shopping and buy whatever you want
3: <laughs> right right Pork. right but and the um, thing the thing of the point about the food is medicine and whatever i'm talking about is that it's about quality right so um it's about the information in food. So that's really the purpose of the vegan diet, is whatever you're eating. If you're eating, for example, dairy, and you want to eat dairy, which dairy should you eat? Should you eat a feedlot cow that's hybridized to produce tons of milk with high levels of this inflammatory molecule called A1 casein that's been linked to autoimmune disease, cancer, and, and type 1 diabetes, and digestive issues, and all kinds of immune inflammatory issues that's also full of hormones and antibiotics? Or are you going to eat uh, dairy that's, for example, from an A2 cow that's an heirloom cow, or maybe that's grass-fed and has none of those issues, or maybe even better yet, sheep or goat dairy, which has, again, A2 casein, which is not a, not a problem for most people. It can be well-tolerated. So, you know, if you're going to eat dairy, which dairy? If you're going to eat meat, which meat? If you're going to eat nuts or seeds, which ones? If you're going to eat grains or beans, which ones? And it's, it's really important that... that That people understand that they can have a wide variety of foods, but the key here is focusing on which ones are the most potent in terms of healing properties in medicine Mm -hmm. and and which ones should you not be eating that are gonna degrade your health.
0: With dairy, I feel like like that's the challenge. Like for the everyday person, you're going into stop and shop, you're going into Ralph's, you're going into whatever your supermarket is Mm -hmm. called. Mm -hmm. How do you know which one to get? How do you know which way to go? Like I know with Thrive Market. You know i can get my meats i can't necessarily get my dairy there unless something's changed and i missed it um mm-hmm. but when i go into the supermarket i see all these eggs and i'm like which eggs and which milk yeah. and
3: yeah how do you do it's, it it's it's tough so you you know in the book the pegan diet which is also it's subtitled is 21 practical principles for reclaiming your health in a nutritionally confusing world because we're all confused there, there's specifics on where to find what foods so uh, for example, you can join a community board agriculture, you can go to your local farmer's market, which have better sourced ingredients. You can go to place like Thrive Market online, which has regeneratively raised uh, beef and, and other uh, sustainably sourced products, and also, I was very very fanatical about it, all the ingredients in their food that you can buy for 25-50% to 50% off. If you want to buy grass-fed meat, you might not be able to get it at your local store. You might have to go online and go to Mariposa Ranch or Belcampo Meats and, and buy direct from the ranchers. And you might even say, well, Gino I can't I can't just buy a little bit, but maybe because uh, it's a little more expensive. But maybe if I get a cow share and I buy half a cow or a whole cow with ten of my friends, and we can get it sent to us, chopped up, and we can divide it up, and we can have uh, meat at less per serving than a McDonald's hamburger, and it's far better for us. So there are ways to actually do it on a budget. I go through all that in there, and I go through actually where to find the ingredients and how to find them. And it's you know with now with the internet and the ability to get stuff anywhere, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, I don't remember seeing anything for dairy, but it could be wrong. I felt like the meat was a little easier in there.
3: Yeah, was well, there something a- for dairy a- that a- I Yeah, sure. There's a uh, A2 A2 casein milk which you can buy, or you can, you know, find uh, often in most stores. You can find goat or sheep cheese, or goat or sheep uh, yogurt, uh, so there's, okay. you know, you know, so there there are alternatives
0: what about the soy milks and the almond milks? Like one of the things that I have noticed that's kind of bothered me is I keep seeing this gum ingredient and I'm like, that doesn't sound good.
3: No. Right. Otherwise it all separates. It's sort of an emulsifier. So a lot of those gums, for example, in these soy milks are carrageenan, which sounds natural. It comes from seaweed, but it turns out it's actually quite challenging because it's actually uh, a product that can cause what we call leaky gut, which means that it damages the lining of your gut and you end up, leaking food proteins and bacteria into your bloodstream, causes an immune response that's pretty damaging, and you end up in this really horrible cycle of inflammation. So really, really important to stay away from all these weird ingredients. And you can find brands that don't have them. So I'd be really careful about which brands you find that don't have these weird is that um, like the and, non-GMO ones? Similar to non-GMO, but, you know, a lot of them have sugar. A lot of them have <laughs> barley malt, which is gluten. So you got, you got to be kind of a, a very fanatical label reader and just try to get the ones with just simple ingredients, you know. Or so, make your own, which I, which I have recipes for in my cookbook in my book.
0: Yeah. What about, like, if you go to Whole Foods, are the milks in there? I mean, I wish someone would just create a supermarket where everything was just perfect in there. And then you don't have to worry, like Thrive I mean, is Thrive market. Close. Thrive
3: Market is close to that, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because even in be
3: Whole Foods, fun. you can get into trouble. You know, there's still plenty of sugar and junk and-
0: Plenty, I know. I mean, you might, not, you might
3: not find high fructose corn syrup. You might not find trans fats. You might not find a lot of, you know, uh, common additives and colors and dyes and pesticides, but there's still, you can still get into trouble, right? If you have a lot of gluten-free yeah. cookies, it's still cookies, right?
0: Exactly. Um, I'm going to let Kevin or the team jump in before I kind of wrap this up in case there's anything. I know there's tons of things I wanted to talk about, but um, we got so much in. Was there anything you guys were really curious to follow up on?
1: Yeah, Doc. are, um, Are supplements, do you recommend any supplements at all or are you just pure food?
3: You want me to answer that question? Yeah, please. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I always say that uh, nobody needs supplements, but only under certain conditions. They have to hunt and gather their own wild food. They have to only drink pure, clean water, be exposed uh. to no chronic stress, no environmental toxins. They have to yeah. go to sleep with the sun and wake up with the sun. And, uh, and they have to be very active all day long. And if, if that's you, then no, you don't need any supplements. <laughs> but okay. I don't think that describes most humans today on the planet. And what we know, uh, this is not a theory, That what we know from large, large government studies uh, called the Enhain studies, where they go and test people, tens and tens of thousands of people, is that over 90% of Americans are deficient in one or more nutrients at the minimum level to prevent deficiency disease. So how much vitamin C do you need to not get scurvy? Not very much, right? Maybe 30, 60 milligrams. And 10% of the population is deficient at that level. Or how much vitamin D do you need to not get rickets? Not very much. But how much you need for optimal immune function or prevent COVID? A lot more. And even at that minimum level, 90% are deficient. Omega-3s, magnesium, folate, uh, zinc, iron, uh, vitamin D. Uh, these are really common nutritional deficiencies. And I, I do think that, that particular, given the depletion of our diet, the depletion of our soils, I mean, which are depleted organic matter, which is required to extract the nutrients from the soil because of how we farm, that we do all need a good multi and vitamin D. I think those are just basic for most of us. And I think it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be less than a dollar a day. And I think you know we just see the, the you know the, these large t- clinical trials where they try to study these as drugs and they don't show benefit. It's because the study design is wrong. It's because it doesn't they don't take into account you know a lot of factors that influence whether someone responds or not. So for example, if if someone's eating a lot of fish and they take an omega-3 supplement, it might not do anything. But if someone's mm-hmm. severely deficient it's going to make a huge difference for them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I would say, if you, if you don't have a headache, an aspirin doesn't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it depends on the person. If their vitamin D level is great and they take vitamin D, there's not going to be an impact. But if their vitamin D levels are low, then it's going to have an impact. So if, and that's what we see.
1: If there were like three to five uh, supplements that we could, just in general, I know everyone's body's different, um, but it seems like fish oil, vitamin D, would you say vitamin C? And what else would you say? that we should supplement? I would say a
3: multifacial vitamin D are basic for okay. everybody. I think if people want to get a little more fancy, they can add a little magnesium because about 50% of us are deficient in magnesium. Okay. And then if people want to add a probiotic because our guts are so messed up, that's probably a nice fifth thing. But you, you know, I just just a good multifacial vitamin D for most people is going to do the trick.
1: And then when it comes to vitamins, I know some of them are super processed. So do you have recommendations in yeah. terms of you know, brands or something for, the, you know, the rest of us that will get a sure. best vitamin. Well,
3: it's like anything else. You can go, you know, to CVS or Costco and buy a bunch of vitamins for pretty cheap. Uh, but the question is, how are they made? What is the form of the vitamin? Are they absorbed? Do they dissolve in your stomach? Uh, do they have fillers, additives, chemicals, preservatives? You know, what other factors are involved in, in those uh, products? And I think it's, you know, you want to, f- it's just like food, quality matters, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, as a physician, I prescribe products are usually designed for physicians that are that are more rigorously tested that have third-party analysis of purity and potency so you know you're not getting what it's on the label and there's no weird stuff in it uh and it has no adders fillers you know allergens or uh chemicals in it that are going to be a problematic so there are companies that i use like pure encapsulations metagenics designs for health uh you know and these are these are companies i don't really have a relationship with but they 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 are the ones i use for my practice and for my patients because i want them to have the best stuff Mm -hmm. and also you know for example if you go to the store i need magnesium and you get magnesium oxide which is the cheapest form of magnesium used in most of the supplements you buy in the you know average store it doesn't get absorbed well it's not an effective Mm -hmm. form of magnesium right so you need you need the right form of magnesium and it's important people to understand that and i think so quality matters Mm
1: -hmm. and and is it true that lamb um is not shot up as much as other meats
3: that's right. lamb is probably healthier. I mean, particularly if you get grass-fed lamb and and local lamb, you can get from any uh, you know local farmers, uh, and it doesn't have tons of hormones and antibiotics. So I think I think lamb for sure is a higher quality meat uh, than than a feedlot beef.
2: Dr. Hartman, the spices you were talking about earlier, oh, yeah, good
3: question.
2: Yeah, I'm so curious. What are spices like? What are they? What are the most beneficial spices? Like, if we had to pick three to five,
3: that's a great question. So spices are really special because they're they're concentrated sources of phytochemicals uh some which are not found in any other foods and you know that's why we had the spice trade which Mm -hmm. makes food taste good but for example if you look at certain spices like um like cinnamon, for example, cinnamon has amazing properties that help balance blood sugar. Or if you look at rosemary, rosemary is, is a powerful detoxifier and antioxidant. Or ginger, ginger is is one of the most potent anti inflammatories, antivirals. Garlic also is an antimicrobial. So any kind of spices you use are are. Uh, filled with these phytochemicals that have medicinal properties and and i i tend to have a lot of spices i have a giant spice drawer Mm. i use garlic and ginger regularly i use all kinds of spices and even even you know the spicy foods like the chilies the curries those are great i mean i love i love making indian food because you've got all those spices that are just so delicious and you can get the fresh spices and make your own fresh curries you don't have to buy the mix so i i think it's it's pretty fun to do that and it's delicious and makes food taste good and it's really great for you
0: Thank you. I think that's a great point, is that these things are not in food. So it is important that we add them. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I never thought I, about think, it like that. Yeah. I think the more spices you add to your diet, the better off you are. That's what I was mentioning, for example, in, you know, the, in Morocco, they use all these different spices, right? And the mm-hmm. spices help to alleviate any of the harmful effects, for example, you might get from, from oxidation from meat. So they're powerful, antioxidants, anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm like I said, the Maasai and the, uh, put in tons of spice in their milk and meat as a way of improving the quality. They just probably do it because it tastes good, but the downside effect, the, the upside effect, is it literally can prevent any of the harmful effects you might see from inflammation that can come from these foods.
1: And, and yeah. doc, for the cooking of the food, I know certain thing, ways you cook can increase toxins in the food, so to, in terms of cooking a meat, what would you recommend?
3: Well, I, th- I think clearly if you grill at high temperatures and. That that's what creates polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and heterocyclic amines and cancer-causing compounds that create ages and make you age faster. So I think it's really important to understand. One, if you're going to grill, you want to marinate first, and I, I mentioned that with lots of spices mm-hmm. and and vinegars. Second is slow cooking meat. You know whether it's a crock pot or instant pot or whatever people are using, or just uh, a Dutch oven. You know cooking for hours slowly with lots of spices will help to to actually improve the the uh when digestibility but also will will actually prevent any of the harmful effects from high temperature cooking
0: guys he has all of these recipes in here i hate sardines by the way just the idea of them and i love that you even like gave me that in the book you're like okay and if you hate them i have a recipe that will make you love yeah, them so yeah, there i'm going go. try it knowing okay. that variety is important i will and well, sardines
3: know, are probably uh, sardines are one of the best foods on the planet right because they're low in toxins they're super high in omega-3 fats they're high in choline which is great for your brain they have calcium if you eat them with the bones and also they're full of omega-3 fats and a great source of protein so they are pretty much a super food yeah i, feel like, I know i feel like I having hate them
1: i feel like having this book in your kitchen oh yeah because i know mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of cookbooks we did a cookbook and it was bestseller but i feel like with this one um, this is going to be great for us to pull out and refer to yeah, yeah. even before anything we do. It's really a, uh, just uh, a really great tool to and have. You
2: make it easy too. like, it's not when you really think about it, it's really not that hard. And that's what I loved no. about it. Dr. Hyman. It's like, I feel yep. like the diet yep. fads and all this stuff right now, it, Oh my God, it's overwhelming. But you make it it's like simple. Is it God yeah. made or is it? That's man made? That's the
3: whole point. It's the whole point. It's really simple, really take home news to use. Uh, get people out of all the spinning they have about this is good, this is bad, mm-hmm. and and try to understand what the science says and and yeah. use it in a way that helps you promote and create health. And you know whether you're just wanting to optimize your health and performance, it's great. Or whether you are wanting to reverse disease, it's great. And so all all of all of the things that we might think about using food for, it's there. And and, and funnily enough, there's no chapter on weight loss in the book, <laughs> on purpose. Yep. Because when you, create, when you create health, weight loss happens automatically. You don't have to focus on weight loss or calorie restriction. Just focus on quality, focus on taste and flavor, mm-hmm. and to focus on the, the goodness in food, and you'll be fine.
1: I, you know, it's yeah. funny.
3: It's it's always like
1: the great gateway to get people to do it, but I, I feel like this century is about depression, mental health. I mean, it's only going to yeah. get worse. And I, I think that knowing that these foods can, can, can cure... Cur, curb or cure Mm -hmm. that is so important and so attractive Mm
0: -hmm. especially suicide rates right now with um with young people it's so so exploding i have to ask one last question of my husband kevin Yes, honey um how has this episode changed your views on your diet
1: um i mean i'm gonna get the book where i'm gonna every i'm i'm in like i'm (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no I'm in I'm in I read the, you know, the the one he had one chapter um that Kelsey what was the one you said. it was the
2: gut, on gut. About your gut yeah
1: because we've been on a bit of a journey with Kelsey's gut you know she's she's uh
2: um, I was telling him a little bit it's about, protruding
1: yeah. and you know and and she, yeah. this has been a 10-year thing mm-hmm. and we're really trying to focus on it but I, I I've realized with myself too I've noticed days that I'll, I'll see you know photos of myself and I'll see my stomach protruding but it's not fat. And I'm realizing now it's just some, you know, there's a lot of wrong things and it's obviously because of how I'm eating. And I, I, am excited to like, I'm excited to attack too.
0: Mm-hmm. Food yeah. is mood.
1: Yeah. Yes.
3: yes. So, I mean, I wrote a whole book about that called the ultra mind solution over 10 years ago. And I talked a lot about these things and it, it's just striking how powerful upgrading your diet is for your brain, not just in terms of mood, but, Everything, sleep, anxiety, um, focus, cognitive function, energy. I mean, it's just, it, it's such a powerful connection. And I just am shocked. Even the smartest people I know have no idea how much what they eat affects how they think and feel and their mood.
0: Yeah. I'm going to now say from now on and Heal Squad, I know you're watching and listening. Every time we go to the supermarket, we are never calling it the supermarket anymore. Hmm. From this day on, we are calling it the pharmacy within. There us.
3: you go. Pharmacy with an F. And there if we go. do
0: that, now we're mindful as we're shopping mm, yes. mm-hmm. to to look at things as pharmacy. And you can highlight the things and make a supermarket list from the book of what nuts, what meats, what vegetables. I mean, go in and take the 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 weird stuff, like you said, like the starfish fruit or the coconuts. Coconuts are so good, you were saying in there. And we just kind of overlook all of these things. So mm-hmm. let's get some variety. Let's get some um, some, some healthier choices going. I am um, really, really excited for um, the breakthroughs that we're all having with this book. And so thank you for that. Thank you for being with us today. Um, of course. And I'm going to make sure I mention, of course, that the book is called The Pegan Diet, it's available wherever books are sold, correct? It's out today, yes, right, Dr. Anyway. Hyman. The twenty third, right? That's right.
3: Woo. That's right.
0: Today. And so, um, yeah, I don't have anything on here otherwise. Kelsey, was there anything else? Yes, you do.
2: Let's scroll down. Or can you see the little promo? I think it's I don't want to mess up your website, Dr. Hyman. It's is it just doctor? I don't have anything.
3: It's drhyman.com, just drhyman.com. And the, the website for the book is pegandiet.com. Amazing. So if they go to Pegan diet, they can get over $500 of free food Ooh. <laughs> when they buy the book. Because wow. I've got all these partners like Thrive wow. Market and Paleo Valley and others that have offered to give free food to people who buy the book and go to pegandiet.com. <laughs> Holy so cow. That's, Holy that's basically, moly. Basically, the book is free and then some.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I just found the p- the paper. Sorry, I have a lot of different no, things here. Good. So, yeah, the book is out now. You can go to at Dr. Mark Hyman on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is called The Doctor's Pharmacy with an F with Mark Hyman on Apple Podcasts. And like you said, you can go to Dr. dot com for more. Um, I hope this is the first of many conversations.
3: Yes, this was fun.
0: I love it. Well, thank you. Enjoy Maui. Um, we'll you. be there soon to do our next episode with you.
2: Please. Yeah. come. <laughs> right? Absolutely.
3: Come.
0: Pretty awesome.
2: Right. He's amazing. Yeah. I kept my like, Kevin, no more soda.
0: I literally- I am like so excited to hear him talk about the cancer stuff too, because yeah. obviously you know that I'm engulfed in all of that right now and oh, yeah. everyone I'm dealing with is because people are coming to me for help. So a lot of the newer patients that I'm coaching, it just gives me so much more um, to go off of, to be able to say like, please change over to the keto diet instantly. Um, so very exciting. And I know, Kev, think about this. You said something to me the other day about how I'm waking up happy and Mm -hmm. that wasn't always the case. Um, We'll be nice about it. And so, um, I wonder, obviously I'd have to think and credit the fact that I'm not eating
1: sugar. It didn't help. You know, to that, it, it didn't help. I mean, listen. I think we're all. Most people are dealing with difficult jobs, probably toxic bosses and, and co-workers and environments. Not to, and then like families. And nobody has it perfect. But you try to control what you can control, and you can control this. And it's just hard, man, because you get tired, right? And you just mm-hmm. y- your body wants your body comfort. craves shit. It yeah, to give you that little high. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we talked. We talk about you know our slow coffees. Their ca- caffeine is cocaine for the brain. Mm. It feels good. He said coffee
0: was okay though
1: in pure form. But again, if you can find, you have to find. You know your good coffee. Or you have to do coffee right. And, and listen, I, I think that it's hard for anyone to do this crazy religiously. But I think that um, you there's an eighty twenty here.
0: Yeah. Right. 80% I'm getting closer.
1: You are, but you know, Gemaria, you have the means and the time and you know, for other people it's, it's hard, but I think if you can shoot for maybe 50, 50, 60, 40, mm-hmm. you know, 70, 30, 80, 20, you know, I always think 80, 20 is the number. Hey, the like, means
0: you know. didn't help me cut sugar. I just cut sugar. I just said no moss. My A1C levels were high and I want to shrink my brain tumor. So you don't have to have money to cut sugar.
1: You don't, Maria, but I think that it, it's it's hard when you don't have a lot of support around you and you it takes a lot of strength and endurance and, you know, and, and the means in terms of you're exposed to all these people, but I guess your fans are exposed too. So, you know. You know. Yeah.
0: Kelsey doesn't have the means necessarily, but she eats a very clean, healthy diet.
1: She does because she's a queen.
2: I'm a queen. But, right? I know, but I will say, but I agree. I mean, and that's why I love places like a Thrive Market because I'm... Don't have a ton of money, but I have enough to shop on like a Thrive Market, yeah. who makes it accessible and gives us like there's great deals on there, and it's cheaper than yeah shopping all. You like,
1: gotta you have to find your way. It's just right. hard when you know if you're working a twelve or thirteen hour day, and it, it's not convenient, and right, you have to push your body beyond its limits for your children. It, it's it's hard. But, it, you but know, that's what I like. no I
0: know no I know a full diet change is hard. I'm just saying. There are certain things that I think you can do in baby steps, Definitely. right? Like yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Soda, I'm saying. And then mm-hmm. I, I cut out chicken. Then I cut out sugar. Like now I'm I'm getting closer and closer. You can't just. I, I don't think it's not for me, and I'm a very disciplined person. Mm-hmm. I can't just do radical change. I just do it in increments, and then when that's easy, I move to the next right. thing.
1: Right.
0: So yeah, I, I think, think that's,
1: and I think that makes it more. I think that makes it more aspirational and I feel like the whole anxiety like the way I feel like the last century was just diet look your best mm-hmm. that was the kind of entry point in now you know at the levels of depression anxiety and suicide you know are so high and I and I mm-hmm. think that um this is all this stuff is so grossly affecting it yeah you know um, all of us
0: so that was amazing. Let's uh, transition a little bit. So we've been kind of changing the way we do the show, guys. Um, let us know what you think. If you like us going right into the interview and having our chit-chat later, I'm curious. Um, but my very dear friend, Wilmer Valderrama, um, just announced the birth of oh, his mm-hmm. new baby girl.
1: Hi, right, a girl. And
0: mm-hmm. I have it here, but...
1: Oh, cute. That's what I was going to pull oh, he's up. He's going to be such a great dad.
0: I'm so happy really, for them. Really happy um, for them. Amanda is his fiance. And I like they, that happens so fast. You know, COVID is crazy. You don't get to see your friends. We've been obviously in our kind of rabbit hole of, you know, COVID, actually dealing with COVID and cancer and all that. But, um, you know, your friends just, their lives go on, and you're like, "Oh shit! You just had a baby now. <laughs> like, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta catch up." So well, it's kind of um, crazy. Super happy for them. Yeah. It's like what?
2: I, I was just gonna say, it's kind of crazy. Like, how has it been? a, How has it been a year? Oh, but I mean, I know people have had like gotten pregnant, had babies. It's been Kevin has his baby over there.
0: <laughs> it goes faster than you think. Yeah. I know. We um we are uh, a few weeks behind on our next round with the surrogate we had a a little glitch in communication so she was just like waiting to hear from the clinic and then there was a miscommunication so she just started her next round of medication so we're testing the medications to make sure that when we implant Mm -hmm. it works Mm -hmm. and luckily we did that because the first round it wouldn't have worked so um, oh, wow. I know you're clutching Vincenza there, honey, but I know you're
1: like desperately waiting. I, I want to Russell Wilson this is so bad. You know, yeah. Kevin ter- just
0: wants to find someone and just do it like, and be like done. Can we
1: explain what the Russell Wilson term is? Yeah.
0: It's
1: yes. like he's a quarterback that doesn't always have the best offensive weapons. And so like at some <laughs> point in the third quarter, he just goes F this. <laughs> he starts I'm running do it the, myself and yeah. he runs the ball downfield and just you know, and like and that's what I'm just saying. Like I, I you know, it's like the middleman involved in this one and that one and just and you know. Well
0: also I haven't had time to micromanage any of yeah. it.
1: And so anyway
0: I'm going to leave it at that guys. Um, Thank you to our heel squad for always being with us. Thank you guys, by the way, for answering the call to follow on Instagram and YouTube subscribe, because we've been seeing the numbers go up, up, up. We love you. We thank you for it. If you still haven't, please do helps us so much. Um, (laughs) and then share this with friends. Um, you know, I think that, um, it's so important to share things that are helping you, right? Like my whole goal every day is to share with you guys, everything I'm learning and everything I'm um, being exposed to. So you just do the same thing and you're going to be able to touch lives as well. Just like we're touching lives. We're all touching lives together because we're better together. Um, If you haven't joined us on Patreon, like I said earlier on in the show, you can click the link tree on better together with Maria or on Maria Menounos on my Instagram And you can join us at any level, but at the $10 a month level, you're investing in yourself and these healing workshops are just incredible um, and really game-changing. So um, join us there. If you haven't listened to episode 169 with Dr. Frank Lipman. highly suggested, another functional medicine doctor with a ton of health hacks that um, will really help you specifically with the gut. We touched on the gut a little bit today, but... He gave us five easy life changes for optimal gut health that I think you'll love tomorrow. We have novelist Annie Lamott on plus a special guest co-host. So uh, make sure you guys tune in. In the meantime, if you haven't gotten your life manual or your medical manual, um, go to mariamenunos.com, sign up, get them, film them out and change your life instantly. Follow us at Better Together with Maria at Dr. Mark Hyman at Meyer 2 at Stephen Lemieux Photo. Honey, give my Winchenza a big kiss and remember, be nice people, make good choices and be present. Hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show